This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We are talking about books, hopefully helping you with summer reading. We do have one request that if you are listening to this on the radio and you're driving, that is not the time to write down those titles. <laughs> you can always just go back and re-listen and get the names of the books that you can put on your summer reading. Vinny and Ryan are not able to be with us today, and so Josh Bales and Matt Mashevich are filling in, and so it's I good. I think you're saying his name wrong. I'm probably am every time. <laughs> Mashevich. My, my name is such that if you say it wrong, no one even knows. Yeah. No one can <laughs> pronounce yeah. it anyway. Matt, you just say it fast. You just say it fast and with confidence. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm going to just introduce him as my brother, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, it's Mashevich, or at least that's how part of my family says it. <laughs> well, oh, you know, I'm identifying my, with the rest of his family. <laughs> My last name's Van Hoogen, and uh, of course, when I started pastoring in a Dutch congregation, I realized I don't even pronounce my name correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like Van Hoogen. <laughs> we, we need to get back to the cliffhanger from yesterday. We had a cliffhanger, and I know some of you are saying you're a minute into the show and you still have not resolved this cognitive dissonance that you created yesterday. Yeah. So, yep. we were talking, I wasn't... Josh actually introduced. I didn't even know Sinclair you're, Ferguson you're had a, a podcast. You're a fanboy, like I do love Sinclair Ferguson. <laughs> you're a fanboy, and you didn't know he had a podcast. Yeah, well, it just seems so out of character for him. Yeah. But Sinclair Ferguson does have a podcast, and the name is Things Unseen. Things Unseen. It's a short podcast too. I mean, you can get it on the way to work. It's like six minutes, five days a week. And my producer... It's not as good as this podcast. Just gave me a double thumbs up for the drum roll. He's like... (laughs) Well, this podcast is twice as long. I I saw those thumbs actually change direction and go down. Oh, sometimes in a mirror, it looks like it's the other way. (laughs) Today, we are talking about books on the Trinity or individual persons of the Trinity. So, once again, if you remember our format, things that we've read and thoroughly benefited from... And things that are we have on our list that we want to read, and what do we got? Well, I'm just doing the individual persons of the Trinity one. So. That's fine. You can. It's mm-hmm. a broad category. Do what yeah. you need. Yeah. So Jonathan Edwards. Okay. okay. So he's not one of the persons huh. of the Trinity. Did, just did not to see make that, that clear. <laughs> Didn't uh, see it coming. Jonathan Edwards, 1703 to 1758. He actually died of. Um, so a how did he come? How did he inoculation? His he was, he life wasn't one of the, to the he Edwards. wasn't one of the members of the Trinity. <laughs> so, um, you know, obviously super influential in the First Great Awakening. Uh, preached alongside of guys like George Whitfield, uh, first president of Princeton. Anyway, so he wrote a book called A History of uh, Redemption, and what he does is he takes Genesis three fifteen that the seed of the woman would crush the seed of the serpent's head. And he traces that all the way through the Bible. And he shows you Jesus um, in every story. 
and again, I, I think there's a lot of other books that are that have been doing that right um, as of late, and I I think all of those are good. But again, the benefit of reading an old author, you're going to be challenged in different ways. He also uh, wrote a book called uh, Types of the Messiah. Um, where he really explores typology, and especially in all the Old Testament uh, figures and ceremonies and prophecies, and shows you how Jesus is the the main story. So, like we have uh, authors say, like David Murray, Jesus on every page, and it's like Jonathan Edwards. That's what he was doing in his time. Um, so, I, I couldn't recommend those books enough: A History of Redemption or Types of the Messiah. You know, what's an interesting thing also about reading the older authors is. Not only do they just have a wonderful perspective and add so much to the church, but since language changes, you're forced to read more slowly and intentionally because they don't talk the way we do. So it causes you to actually read them in such a way that you actually gain more from them because you're not just breezing through because you can't, you know. But anyway, on my list, mine is kind of a cross category. So mine is a classic uh, that I'm sure everyone in this room has read. It's by John Murray, and this was published in 1955, and it's Redemption Accomplished and Applied. So it's soteriological, it's, it's salvation theology, speaking of the atonement, but it's thoroughly Trinitarian in the sense that oftentimes we think, you know, that salvation and the atonement was something that Christ did, and we have to understand that what we have is is a God who saves, a, trin- a, a trinity who saves um, through various means, whether that is election and Christ dying in the atonement and then the spirit sealing, basically Ephesians you know, chapter 1. But I would recommend that in this category. It's not a large book, and it's no. a easily, it's a, it's, it would be a good summer read for somebody. Don't be in, intimidated by the name John Murray in this. I, I think it's an extremely accessible book. Is that an intimidating name? Well, no, the fact that he was a professor at Westminster, and okay. he was considered to be one of the great theologians of the 20th century, you might look at it and say, ooh, I don't know if I want to tackle a John well, some, Murray book, because yeah, some of his work is very technical. Yeah, yeah. But this one I don't think is. No, it's great. And like I said, it's considered a classic. And I was watching a, um, I don't know, it was one of these YouTube shows of of a conference where they had all of these people talking about what's the number one book that you can think of on the atonement. And almost every single person on stage, and there was like 10 of them, said Redemption Accomplished and Applied, John Murray. This is a book that I just read in this last year that was one that Josh recommended years ago uh, michael reeves delighting in the trinity Mm. so it was on my to read list for a long time josh had read it and recommended it i don't even know how long ago how long ago did you read that book probably when we first we probably recommended it the first year yeah Mm -hmm. and so i finally got around to reading it i thought it was just an excellent book on thinking about the trinity um i don't know about you i i just don't spend a lot of time just thinking about, and then he was going the next step and saying not only to think about the Trinity, but to delight yeah. in the Trinity. He, I love his argument that the Trinity is not a problem to be solved. It's a God to be loved and mm. treasured and adored. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, we sell ourselves short if we are answering the skeptic by just saying, oh, look, you know, three persons, one God, it's not a contradiction. And if we put the period there, we, we, we lose the most valuable thing about being a Christian. The Trinity is the most it's why we're Christians. 
So there's a book that's been on my to-read list for a decade now, and I just eventually just need to bite the bullet and, and, and go in and read it. It's Communion with the Triune God of John, by John Owen. Uh, many would say it's his, his best book. I actually enjoy, have benefited from John Owen, have read multiple books of John Owen, and I've never read what many would say this is his best book. So it's still on my to-read list, hopefully this summer, um, but I... Sinclair Ferguson has and um, Ian Hamilton have both given such strong endorsements of this book that I ashamedly have to admit that I cannot apparently get to it and read it. So that's on my uh, to read list too, and I, I didn't mean to cut anybody else off, but I didn't want to change. I've been I've been reading this for a long time, and <laughs> just takes a while to get through them. But he is so warm. Like one of the things that he says. So if if you're unfamiliar with the book, he has a whole section on the Father a whole section on the sun, and then a whole section on the spirit. And it's, it, it's, it's absolutely amazing. He, one of the things he says in uh, Communion with God on the Father, he says, the greatest sorrow and burden you can lay on your heavenly Father, the greatest unkindness you can do to him is not to believe that he loves you. Mm. You just preached on John three sixteen. Yep. Jesus didn't come into the world to twist the Father's arm to get him to love us. The reason why Jesus came into the world is because God loved the world. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working my way through it. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I would recommend a you know a book by one of our past speakers, uh, Mark Jones, called Knowing Christ. It's a book that is written in short chapters. So, again, when I'm thinking about things that you're going to uh, read for the summer or things that you're going to pick up in your devotions. This book by titled Knowing Christ, um, there's 27 chapters. So, it, you know, if you picked it up and you wanted to read something for the month, uh, this would be an excellent book going through just who Christ was, everything from, you know, his, his names, his offices, his incarnation, his humanity, uh, his companionship. How, how did Christ grow? You know, we, we, we talk about Christ's growth. What did he know um, in terms of uh, who he was and when did he know that? When did he recognize that he was the, truly the Son of God? You know, I mean, he's incarnate, he's fully man, but he had to grow in the, that knowledge. And he obviously did it rather quickly. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, it's Knowing Christ by, by uh, Mark Jones. It actually is similar to, it uses the title Knowing God by uh, J.I. Packer, which is an excellent book on. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Knowing Christ is, is probably, uh, has become one of my favorite Christologies. Speaking of past speakers, two books on my to-read list come from Terry Johnson, who was here um, two years ago, uh, three years ago. And it's the identity and attributes of God, and then he has a second one, the excellencies of God, exploring and enjoying his attributes. Have any of you read these? Is that books? like I, the volume two? Is it like yes? Okay, I have I have the first one. I have them, but I have not read them. I was just wondering if any of you have read them and could tell me if they. I haven't, I haven't read all the way through it. Um, you know, you know, pastors' libraries are you know sometimes built for you know. For you, for uh, that tool that you want in your toolbox, and uh, but I have read chapters, and Terry Johnson is really good. Actually, one of the reasons we invite some of these speakers to be our 
speakers at our Reformation conferences, we already have grown to love them in some way through maybe a book that they've read or maybe we're familiar with their ministry. And we've, we, we actually are naturally disposed toward those, those, we're not, you know, when we invite somebody to the Boise Reformation conference, they're not an unknown to us. They're actually known to the church and known uh, in our own ministries. And so Terry Johnson is one of those. Uh, he hasn't published a lot, but he is uh, a deep exegetical preacher. And so when he takes up the subject of the attributes of God, he actually has done a deep dive in it himself, and he's presented that to his congregation. I actually, years ago, it's probably close to 20 years ago, I taught an adult Sunday school on the attributes of God and leaned heavily on Stephen Sharnock's Existence and Attributes of God. Two-volume massive set. I just picked up a, a new edition of that reformatted. But between that and Terry Johnson's book, it makes me want to revisit that as a, as a possible adult Sunday school class because the idea is that knowing who God is is not just something that's supposed to help us intellectually. It's supposed to be for life. It's supposed to be for how we live moment by moment and day by day. And, yeah. and the fact that as we know who God is and then just fill in the different attributes, knowing how he's sovereign, what does that mean for how I approach what happens to me on Monday through Saturday? So, And that's how um, – I haven't read Johnson, but that's how Charnock does it. It is. He uses kind of – I'm not saying he used Van Maastricht, but he used that here's the doctrine, here are the objections, and then here's how you apply it. And the sections on how you apply it are long. Mm-hmm. I regrettably have to admit that I have not really read Sharnock in, in the last 20 years, and so it really is a motivation for me to say well, – Especially I, with the new format. So books are beautiful by Crossway. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Tomorrow, we will be exploring more books. Hopefully, you can join us then.